We're excited about Easter Sunday coming up. It's an opportunity where people who never think about going to church are thinking about going to church. And so we want them to think about coming here. We know there are many wonderful churches in the Tampa Bay area, and we're one of them. And so we want to invite people to be a part of that. And so in the, in the coming weeks, we're going to be giving you some tools that you can use to invite people to Easter Sunday. And then I'm going to deliver that message on passion. And so we believe lives will be changed. But this morning, would you pray as we continue in our series, Let's Talk Revival. But let's pray over this message. Father, I just thank you today that you will continue to have your way in this service. God, we want what you want. We want what you want in our lives, in our church, in our family. Lord, we want what you want in our youth. We pray for our youth right now as they're meeting with Gerald. Lord, our children right now as Pastor Larry is ministering to them. Lord, we want what you want to happen in their lives. We want what you want to happen in our lives this morning through the word. Jesus, you're the living word. You speak through me. Holy Spirit, you work in every heart this morning, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we're in a series right now entitled Let's Talk Revival. And I want to continue that series today with a message entitled Fresh Rain. And here's what I believe God is wanting to do. He is wanting to pour out his rain. In fact, I believe there is coming a flood. And so I want you to see today how we can get ready so that we can receive the rain that God is pouring out. I want to take you, though, first back to our text, and I want to review some things that we learned, some key things that we learned about revival last week. But go with me, if you will, to Psalm 119 and verse 25. It says, My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Now, really, the psalmist was saying here, when he says, My soul clings to the dust, he's like, I'm down and out. I'm down for the count. And you know, sometimes when we're living in this world, we're not of this world, but we live in this world. And it's like the things of the world begin to weigh down on us. And they especially put a weight on our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. We begin to think like the world. We begin to talk like the world because so many things are happening. And to be revived is to have the life of God literally, if I may put it this way, dust off our soul. Anyone ever needed their soul, your mind, your will, your emotions dusted off? Because God can't work in us and especially not through us. I likened it to the air conditioning filter that's full of dust it's not working listen and we've all felt in our walk with God that there's been times regarding our faith regarding what we're believing God for just our own peace it's not working and we see in the word and in history we see God you know he lets us go so far And then there's a revival, and then we go so far, and then there's a revival. He knows that he has to pour out, he has to rain out, he has to help us get rid of that dust. And so I just want to put it this way. Revival helps dust off our souls so we can see and know Jesus. (laughs) Really to see him, to know him. 
Let me just give you the definition of the word revival in Scripture. It literally, the word revival is a spiritual awakening. It's not a, a, a mental awakening. It's not a physical awakening. It will affect your mind. It will affect your body. But it is a spiritual awakening. Revival, it also means to make alive, to give more life. Think about the scripture in Romans chapter 8, a familiar scripture where Paul writing to the church at Rome, he said, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, then it will quicken or it will revive your mortal body. It'll bring life to you. And obviously, we know this is true of those believers who have gone over, who've already gone over into heaven. Their bodies are in a grave somewhere. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, one day it's going to quicken and raise their mortal body. One day it's going to cause our mortal bodies, if we're alive and well when Jesus comes, to be transformed. Well, if the Holy Spirit can do that, that's the word revive, then certainly he can revive your spirit. He can revive your soul. Soul, revive your faith, revive your peace, revive your strength. Listen, we need a revival, and we particularly need a revival to do what God is calling us to do. It's not like we've all been dead, but where we're going, God wants to revive us. He, In fact, He wants us to refresh us because we've given out everything we've had. And so he wants to refresh us, and he wants to empower us. So it's time for revival. It's God's Spirit that quickens. He gives us life and revives us. The Spirit of God. Mm. Now, what's God up to? We talked about that last week. And we looked at Moses and how Moses saw the bush burning And he saw that the bush was burning but not being consumed. And he said, I will turn aside, one passage or one translation says. Another translation says, I must go and see this amazing sight. And so he said, church, we must turn aside and see what God is doing in the earth. We talked about some of those things. We just put it this way. When God is moving, it is wise to turn aside or to go and see what he is doing. We want to be a part of what he's doing, but we need to recognize that's God. Here's what he's doing. I want to take part. Now, we looked at some things last week, and I won't go over all of them, but I'll mention them again quickly. What's God doing? What's he up to? The Chosen started in 2019, even started before COVID. Man, COVID brought so much destruction, confusion, death, havoc. And I know that it was a physical disease. We know people had a disease. We know COVID is a real disease. But more than that, there was an evil spirit operating and using that disease to bring fear and anxiety on people but then that also means people are ripe right now for revival they are hungry for God 
But The Chosen started in 2019, the story of Jesus. And I encourage you, if you have not seen The Chosen series, you need to watch it. Just Google it. You'll find it real easy. They have apps. It's on Netflix. It's in season three now. But at the end of 2022, see this Chosen series had had 400 million views. Since when does a movie about Jesus get that many views? And it is well done, it is well produced, and it tells a wonderful story of Jesus. Then the next thing we said, even something more recent, is just back at the, at the Super Bowl, when DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field, there was an outbreak of prayer. I mean, a sportscaster's praying on national television. I saw the clip of it. Again, I didn't see it live, but I saw the clip of it. And they're talking about it. He goes, well, let's just pray right now. And he just starts praying. That was an outbreak of prayer. On the field, there was an outbreak of prayer. The very people who say, who, who, who promote things that are against God, when they needed God, they ran to God. Listen, don't be surprised when people that you never thought would come to God, they are coming to God. Because the picture they had of God, what they thought of him, was not who he is. And when they see him, when they need him, listen, what COVID did is it, it made a huge need. It revealed people's need for the love of God for a Savior. In any move of God, we said this last week, it's important to remember, in any move of God, God's end goal is always people. He wants to redeem them, to rescue them. And that's why he's reviving the church. Revival starts in the church, and then it should overflow into the community. But it starts with us. God is getting us ready so that we can win the lost because he's gathering them in, and we need to be ready to go after them, to receive them, to be a part of what he's doing. Now, I, I want to go back to the world for just a moment. And in particular, I'm going to talk about our nation, too because we're responsible for this nation, what's happening in this nation. But can I just say this? It's been dry. It's been dry. Overall, it's been dry. I want to read to you Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. It says, and this is God actually speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. Let me say this. God works with people. He works with individuals. He speaks to you. He speaks to me. He works in our life. The Holy Spirit works in our life. He works with his church. He works with the local church. And then God works with nations. God works with nations as a whole. And in this particular passage, the prophet Isaiah is speaking to the nation of Israel and talking about what God will do for them. Now listen, the spiritual condition of a nation affects those living in it. It can make it easier or more difficult to walk closely with God. And I hate to say this, but the United States of America has made it increasingly difficult for us to live in a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. You know why? Because when we do, there is pushback. 
The culture pushes back on us. People push back on us. Mm. Our nation has been in a dry place. Now, I know this. I know that God has worked in nations throughout the earth, and he's worked in people's lives. But overall, and especially after what COVID did, so many of us, so many nations have been left dry, parched. If there was a silver lining to COVID and all the evil that was stirred up, all the political division, all the riots, the marches, and and all the verbiage around that, and the hate, and you hate me, I hate you, people telling us we hate each other, when we don't, then you see somebody in a store and thought, ooh, I wonder what they think of me. Probably not what what those people are telling you they think of you. Hmm. But the silver lining in the midst of all of that was the church began to pray. I can't tell you how many invites I got to pray along with other pastors literally around the world, zooming in together and praying for our nations. And Isaiah literally put it this way. You ready? When the church prays, God quenches our thirst. This is that slide. Yeah, here we go. When the church prays, God quenches our thirst. He floods our parched fields. He pours out his spirit on our families and his blessings on our children. Come on. That's the season that we're in. We are heading into a spiritually rich season. Not only in our nation, but the world. And in this community. And in this church. And we choose. Now listen. Revival is a choice. It doesn't just happen. We choose as a church and as individuals to participate when God sends revival. Now listen, my job is to help you experience the revival that is going on. My job is to make us ready as a church so that we do our part and we reach those God called us to reach. I just want to declare this morning. I want to declare this statement. I'm declaring it over us as a church. We're in a new season. We're in a new season. It's raining and God is about to flood this nation and our church with his goodness. We're going to see the goodness of God. More people transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. People coming in, giving their hearts to Jesus. People being freed from addictions. People being healed. People being delivered. Come on. God is on the move. Jesus is being exalted. There is revival. Now, now I, I wanna, I'm going to bring it up again. Isaiah described what the revival looks like. Can we just read it again? Let me just say it again. God wants to quench our thirst, flood our parched fields, pour out his spirit on our family, and his blessings on our children. Can we just take a moment, church, and just ask ourselves, are we thirsty? 
Are you hungry to see God manifest himself, manifest his presence, Jesus to be exalted? Are you thirsty for that? Mm. Anyone have some parched fields? Fields where you've toiled? Fields where you've prayed? Fields where you've planted, but you've not yet seen the fruit in that field? It's kind of like it's been parched. What did God say? God said, listen, I'm going to pour some rain on that parched field. And that field that was parched is going to begin to bear fruit. Wow. Then he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on your families. You're probably like me, but I know for me, I've got some family that need the Spirit poured out on them. Even, I'm not talking necessarily to my immediate family, but some of my cousins. I love y'all, in case you're watching. Everybody, all our families, my immediate included, we, I want to see the Spirit of God work in their lives. And then he says, in this revival, I'm talking about what this revival is. He said, and he'll pour out his blessings on your children. Can I say this? This is a family revival. A family. God's going to bless your children. God's going to bless your children. He's going to pour out his spirit and he is going to bless them. The word bless means to prosper. It's the power to do well. And that only comes when somebody's in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it only comes by the power of His Spirit. But this is the revival that we're in, that God is sending, that we're going to be a part of. It is what God is doing. Now, people are thirsty. Let's talk about the world for just a moment. Go back to Israel. And God used Jeremiah to correct the leadership of Israel. Because the reason a nation gets to the place where it's dry is because its leaders, whether it's in government, spiritual, have misled the people and, and, and led them far away from God. And here's what God spoke through Jeremiah to the leaders in his day. Jeremiah eight eleven. It says, They offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give a Assurances of peace when there is no peace. Do you want to know why America is dry? Is because they've been giving the wrong messages. They've been telling people you can find peace there. You can find joy there. Here's real justice. Here's how it happens. They offered superficial treatments for a mortal wound, a wound that only Jesus can satisfy. Wow. Those who were supposed to bring a message of hope misled the people. And what happens in a nation's, and it happens, history recycles itself. You see nations that are on fire for God, churches on fire for God. It happens on every level. And then they begin to enjoy the blessings of God in the midst of being blessed by God. We think we know more than God does, and we just trot our little selves off. 
and the leaders begin to say the prosperity. That's where life really is. No, no, no. The life is in the God that prospered you, in the Savior that healed you, that made you whole. But here they walk off from God. Israel had walked off from God. And I'm telling you, our nation as a whole, I'm not talking individually, but as a whole, we had leaders that have led our young people off. And our young people now are hungry to know God. And that's why you saw in Asbury, you saw people, young people, and you saw mothers and sons and fathers all together because they are hungry for God. I didn't get through this early. I got to talking about the chosen and I got off. But when he said, what was God doing? Well, I think I got to DeMar Hamlin and I got off on prayer. But after that, you had the Asbury revival and then you had the a Jesus revolution movie coming out right at the same time. God is doing something wonderful and amazing. We want to be in on it. Can I say this? People far away from God know they are missing something. But they don't know it is God they're missing. However, when God pours out his spirit, they say, that's who I'm missing. And that's what's going to be happening and is happening. Let me just talk for just a moment about people being hungry and how it's going to be easier and we need to be ready. Some of you may have saw my little video that I did because I was so excited but I went to the dental office this last week to the dentist (laughs) don't we all feel that way about the dentist (laughs) anyway we love you dentist Um, but anyway I went to the dentist and the dental assistant was doing some work on me you know prepping you before the dentist comes in and so she noticed this little scar on my arm and I I had a little spot there that they had to take off and so I was talking to her about that and she said well you know I have cancer and she said in fact I just had my last uh, chemotherapy treatment and I'm going to have a surgery um, in two weeks or uh, March 22nd couple of weeks and so uh, she and then so that started a conversation of course I took advantage of that conversation and she knew I was a pastor so you know um, and because uh, I've been going there quite a while so they know that I pastor and then she said you know she said I, I know somebody told me about where you can have somebody lay hands on you or pray for you or something like that I think I might need that And I said, well, I can do that today before I leave here. She said, you can? I said, yeah, it's the anointing with oil. And she goes, I got some cuticle oil in my purse. Will that work? (laughs) I said, absolutely, that will work. And before I left that place, when the dentist was through with me, we got her cuticle oil. I put it on my hands, and we anointed her right there in the dentist's office. Come on. And spoke healing over her. But that's not all. The dentist comes in, and... We're talking, you know, not while we were praying, but while we're talking, he comes in and he hears us talking again. He knows I'm a pastor, but he's never, he's known I'm a pastor all along. I'm telling you what, people are ripe right now. And he begins to talk to me and he says, you know, he said, Jane, I, I, I you know, I'm Catholic. He says that, you know, people, so I always say, well, my husband was Catholic. You, you do know Jeff's uncle was Father Ryan. He was a priest. 
And so my husband grew up Irish Catholic. And so I always say, yeah, well, my husband's a Catholic. And it always like lets them know me. I don't know, just kind of have some, you know, they, they like me. And because um, I'm married to a Catholic. Uh, anyway, um, so he says, you know, I love the Catholic Church, but I was looking for something a little bit more that wasn't so ritualistic. And, you know, I've gone to some evangelical church. What what, what kind of church you have? And so I said, well, we're non-denominational. And, and then he goes, well, now what is that? And I said, well, you know, I was explaining it to him, but I just said, I finally just said this. I said, listen, we just believe the promises of God are for us. We believe that when we put our faith in those, you know, that problems come, but we just, faith doesn't ignore problems, but faith just looks at the problem and says, I'm overcoming you in Jesus' name. He goes, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I mean. And then he just, he went on to tell me how he had visited a couple of churches and that the gospel seemed punitive. Is the gospel punitive? And so I said, no. And you know what I told him? Watch the chosen. I, I don't know. I'm going to eventually, I'm going to invite him to come to church. But I think his first step, you know, some people are, are here and you've got to take them one step at a time. But I said, watch the chosen. You, you need, I said, have you, he goes, no, I don't know about the chosen. The dental assistant spoke up and she goes, I was going to ask you about that too. Somebody told me to watch it. Should I watch it? I said, absolutely watch it. Listen, it's been dry because it's been dry. People are hungry. Because they've been given superficial treatments for their mortal wounds, they are hungry. There is nothing that can satisfy the soul but Jesus. He alone gives life. John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Our young people are ready to come to God because they've been given too many superficial treatments. Mm. Romans, or let me just say this, the things of the world will never satisfy. Only Jesus truly satisfied. Romans fourteen seventeen says this, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God, the kingdom we live in is righteousness. That means being in a right relationship with God through Christ. And so when you're in right relationship with God, you're a friend of God. And you have this sense of peace and joy because your sins have been forgiven. You are right with God. And there is nothing in this world that compares to the joy and the peace that comes into your life when you've experienced that righteousness. Wow, through the Holy Spirit working in your life. Listen, people are hungry for the kind of peace and joy that comes from being in a right relationship with God. So what does God do? God promises an outpouring. The rains of revival have everything to do with the outpouring of God's Spirit. Joel 2.23 says, So shout for joy, you sons of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication, and he has brought you down for you, and he has brought down for you the rain, the early and the latter rain before. Mm. The early rains 
the latter rains. And then there's coming a revival for the early and the latter rains. Everything that God has done, it's going to come together in a great culmination, a flood. And he's going to flood this earth. Wow, think about the past revivals. Talking about what God is doing, the great awakening that happened in, the Brit- in, in Britain and then in the colonies before we were literally America. And Edwards and Whitfield. Whitfield spoke to people and drew crowds of 30,000 people in Chicago before Chicago had 3,000 people. 30,000 people. There was this great awakening and there was a second great awakening and a third great awakening. We think about uh, Azusa Street in the early 1900s. I mean in this insignificant little building in the backside of nowhere in the place where nobody wanted to be but God showed up and there was a Pentecostal revival and it spread throughout America and around the world. Wow. When God does things, people notice. You think about the healing revival that happened with all Roberts and, and others leading the way and tents everywhere. Catherine Coleman. I mean, people were healed miraculously. You think about the charismatic revival. Now, that's when the Catholics were getting filled. The Lutherans, the Baptists, I mean, I, I mean, just filled with the Holy Spirit everywhere in the, in the early 19 or in the late 1900s, really. Uh, mid maybe uh, you had the Jesus revival you also had Billy Graham hit his height and I mean just salvations coming to Jesus the movie Jesus revelation was about that we had a word revival I, I mean my life was changed under the word revival where there was just teaching and people would sit hours under teaching wow now you can, you're blessed if you can get them to stay for 30 minutes but there was a revival going on so they were sitting there And then we had the joy revival. There's all these things, the ways that God has revived us. But I want you to know now, while I I think it's important for every believer to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not just about, listen though, it's not just about, sometimes we charismatic folks get carried away. It's not just about being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's being saved. It's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And and the gifts of the Spirit flowing, and God doing miraculous things in our lives. Certainly in a revival of a, uh, in, in the atmosphere of a revival, people can and will get filled with the Holy Spirit, and that power is important, but it's so much more. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see people come to Jesus. Listen, we can't just get so excited about our one little part of the body, you know, or one little thing that we can do. Let me just say this. When God's Spirit is poured out, we experience the abundance of rain. Our hearts are flooded with His presence. I believe that one of the things that is going to be a marker, you might say, I don't know any other way to describe it, a marker of this revival that we're like right now stepping into. Listen, it's going to be the presence of God. It's going to be the presence of Jesus. It's we're going to sense his manifested presence in a way that we've not done, not experienced before. That means some people are just going to be, are going to be filled with joy. Some people are going to be overcome with peace. I tell you, but all of us are going to be bowing in his presence because Jesus is going to walk in the room, going to manifest himself. And then that means healings are going to happen. People are going to be set free. Miracles can occur. But listen, go back to his presence. Go back 
back to his word. Jesus is the living word. Like I said last week, every revival or river, so often revivals are talked about like rivers. Every river needs banks, and the word of God is always the bank. And I said, for this church, I'm the lifeguard. So listen, we're not going to get into crazy, but we're going to get into the presence of God. We're going to see God do some wonderful things, but it has everything to do. The Spirit of God magnifies Jesus. It doesn't magnify some manifestation. It doesn't magnify some person. It magnifies Jesus. And listen, when Jesus is magnified, men, women, boys, girls, teenagers come running to him. It says, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn to me. Wow. Don't be drawn to a manifestation. Don't be drawn to somebody. Be drawn to Jesus. Amen. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I got I to gotta wrap up here because I want us to end with something in this morning. I want to real quickly, I want to touch on this and then I want to end in a different way this morning. Acts 3.19, we got to prepare our hearts. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Can I say this? There is nothing more wonderful <laughs> than to repent. You're going the wrong way. You've done something wrong, but you turn around and you go the right way. Now, the presence of the Lord just refreshes you. And literally, that's what repentance means. Repentance means to turn around and go a new direction. I, I want to say this. Some of you have tried to quit sin. You're crazy. You ain't going to quit. <laughs> you don't quit sin. You get delivered from it. Amen. But what your part is, is to turn toward God. Acknowledge that this is a sin. A place you're stuck on acting this way, behaving this way. And so you turn toward God. Let me just put it this way. Repentance is an attitude of the heart whereby we turn our hearts toward God and away from sin. And when we turn our hearts toward God and away from sin, God takes care of the sin and we walk free as long as we're headed to Him. Listen, your job is to turn toward Him. I'm going to give you a chance to do that this morning. We need to prepare our hearts. There may be something in your life where you say, God, I need to turn from that. It's been tormenting me. It's been an area I've struggled with. When we choose God, we choose to walk away from sin. And when we do, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. The Lord, the presence of the Lord manifests when we repent. Let me read this last and last scripture and then we're going to do something Hosea 12 10 12 so for yourselves with a view to righteousness harvest in accordance with kindness break up your uncultivated ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness on you for some our hearts are just hard in some area and God can't do what he wants to do because we need him to reign 
in that area of our heart. It's uncultivated ground. Let me put it this way. If you can put up that slide, maybe there isn't an outward sin, but a hard heart. You need to break up the uncultivated ground, the part of your heart you haven't let God into yet. Mm. Let me just say this. A repented heart. In fact, I'm going to ask Tim, Tanya, can you come up here and begin to play for me? A repented heart, a heart fully devoted to God, is ready for fresh rain. So I want to do something right now before I give an altar call. I want us to take a couple of minutes here and I want us to prepare our hearts. Maybe you need to walk and go the other direction. You need to repent. This is just between you and God. Maybe you're the one with that uncultivated part of your heart that you've just not let God into that pain. You've not let let God into that anger. You've not let God into there. Your heart is heart toward God. But I want Tim to lead us now in just that simple song. We're probably all familiar with it, and it just says this, I surrender all. Would you just take a moment, just bow your heads, just get alone with God. I know there's somebody probably next to you, but the Spirit of God is here, and I want this to be a time for you and Jesus. (laughs) Just give God this time. We're only going to take a few minutes, but this few minutes could be life-changing for you. Let's just prepare our hearts right now. Tim, go ahead and sing. together. Holy Spirit, I ask that you continue to work in our hearts. Lord, we surrender everything. I thank you for those today that are turning and going a different direction. God, they're turning toward you. Lord, they just put your put their faith in your power, your grace that comes through Jesus to free them from every sin, from every addiction. Lord, I thank you for those that we, we have places in our heart that are uncultivated. We've not let you get in there. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for moving in. We ask you to move in. God, we ask you to work in every part of our life. Jesus, be exalted in this church. I pray over all of those this morning that are surrendering. Lord, we surrender to your goodness. We surrender to your grace. We surrender to your power. We surrender to your peace in our lives. And Lord, I thank you. You flood our hearts with your presence. 